Hello and welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast. Coming to you from the Tabernacle of Praise Church International, headquartered in York, South Carolina, where our founder and overseer is Bishop Alfred Jackson. Copies of the message from this broadcast can be purchased at our headquarters in Monrovia at the Hope of Praise Church in Numatadia States, where Jackson G. Weah is pastor. We would love to hear from you, so write to us here in America at 229 Wood Street, York, South Carolina, 29745, or email us at tabernacleofpraise at msn.com. Thank you for tuning in and have a wonderful day. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. You there? 2 Peter 3, 18. Hallelujah. But grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be Glory both now and forever. Amen. But grow in grace. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Grow in grace. And knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to use this thought, this one word today, to develop a message from becoming. Becoming. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you, Lord, that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire, and you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today and the things in our lives that you sent your word to. Thank you, Lord. Your words are spirit, and they are life. We humbly submit to you now. Thank you for ears that are open and receptive, hearts and minds and spirits that are open and receptive. Have your way now. Be glorified. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Don't go anywhere, Brother Kenton. I need you to help me. No. Just, Just a second. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. How I long to be like him, so meek and lowly, so humble and holy. How I long to be like him. Y'all don't know that? To be like Jesus. How I long to be like him, so meek and lowly, so humble and holy. One more time to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, to be like Him, so we can holy, so humble and holy. That speaks to the desire of a born-again Christian to be like Jesus. 
It speaks to the reality of the fact that, that, that one is not where they ought to be. All right, at the moment. But has a desire and is probably on the way to becoming like he or she should be, which is to be like Jesus. Say, I want to be like Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Becoming. Becoming as a noun means any process of change. Any process of change. From philosophy, uh, in Aristotle philosophy, it means any change from the lower level of potentiality to the higher level of actuality. So that means that we have potential within us. But becoming means that we're moving from that lower level of the potential to the higher level of actually becoming or doing what or being what we want to achieve, do or be. All right? From the lower level of potentiality to the higher level of actuality. All of us have the potential to be like Jesus. But we have to move from that lower level of potential to be like Jesus to the level of actuality that we are actually like Jesus in every way. And it is not an impossible task, but it's a lifelong task. Amen? As a Christian, it's imperative that we not only believe that Jesus Christ died for our sins, uh, but that we embrace him, that we embrace his ways, that we embrace his will for our lives. Amen? And this becomes an individual thing right here because, this, you know, you can't embrace Jesus for me. I can only embrace Jesus for myself. Amen. I can, I, you can help me uh, by, by showing me Jesus' way and, and teaching me Jesus' words, but you can't embrace him for me. I have to do it for myself. You know, and, and each one of us, we are called as Christians to embrace Jesus Christ, to embrace his ways, and to embrace his will. And, and, and I heard Elder Wright in her prayer talk about how, uh, you know, re- relativity and how some people just believe truth is relative. And what's relative for you is not relative for me. But when it comes to Jesus, it doesn't matter about you and me. <laughs> Jesus' truth is not relative. It's the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except to come through me. And the bottom line is, is that, you know, if we don't want to accept Jesus' ways, uh, and we don't, em- don't want to embrace him, we can stay in the church for 100 years, but if we choose not to embrace Jesus, then we won't live eternally with him. That's the bottom line. Amen. Amen. Now, 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 when we understand this, does it mean that we, that we automatically become like him? No, we don't automatically, even once we are saved, we don't automatically become like him. We have the potential to become like him, but there is a process that begins in us, amen, of becoming who he wants us to become, all right? And, and, and it's always being before doing, amen. The Lord wants us to be. Yeah, born-again Christians. He wants us to be believers in him. He wants us to be, amen, salt and light in the world. He wants us to be. You know, being comes before doing, amen? Uh, Every Christian should be in a constant state of changing to be like 
the Lord or becoming like the Lord. From the lower dimension of potentiality to the higher, we should be reaching for the higher potential of actuality. I don't want to just be talking about being a Christian. I want to be a Christian. I don't want to just be talking about holiness. I want to be holy. I don't want to be talking about righteousness. I know that a righteousness that righteousness is attributed to me because of my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, but I want to live a righteous life. I, 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 don't want, I want to go beyond the fact that it's attributed to me, amen, but I want to live like Jesus wants me to live, amen. I, 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 are you following me? And, and once we think that we've reached the dimension of actuality, we can't stop right there because it's an ongoing process. We're always learning, amen. We, we, if you study the word of God on a regular basis, you're going you're to always be learning. You're going to always be gleaning something new, a new revelation, amen, a new insight. The word doesn't change, but it's that we may not be where we ought to be in our understanding of what the word of God is saying. But so, so as we grow in age, amen, and in our studying of the Lord Jesus Christ, then we should be constantly changing to be more like the Lord. Amen. These messages that we've been preaching, and I, I didn't listen to Elder Stowe's uh, message, but the message, I'm sure he, he followed suit in what I asked him to do. Uh, the messages that we've been preaching about changing bad behavior, and you know, when I say that, I understand too that people, first of all, first of all have to be challenged that their behavior is bad. You know, because some people think that, 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 that their behavior is okay. You know, that they can do what they want to do and it's okay. But, but, but this is why we don't measure ourselves by what other people do. We measure ourselves by the Lord. We measure ourselves by his word. Amen? You know, so, so if you're measuring, if I'm your measuring rod and you see me do something wrong and you feel like you can do wrong because I did wrong, you're still wrong. Because you should have been looking at Jesus. Amen. Yes, I should be an example of Jesus, but ultimately, you should look beyond me and look to Jesus Christ. Now, is it my fault that you won't study the Bible? Is it my fault that you don't have a revelation of Jesus Christ? The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 1 that men are without excuse. Because God has revealed himself even in nature. And if we get a revelation of God even from nature, that should prompt us to get into the word of God and study the word of God and seek truth. Seek truth. I don't mind. I really don't mind if you go behind what I preach and you study for yourself. I mean, that's what you really should do. You should study for yourself. You should seek truth for yourself. And don't seek the answers that make you feel good. Seek truth. Seek truth because it is truth that will make you free. It is truth because Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He binds you up, amen, and you should seek truth so that you can be free and you can live free. So, so if you don't agree with what I teach, go and study for yourself. Don't go and look for somebody that's going to cooperate what you think. If your thinking is not in line with the Lord, search the scriptures. Search the scriptures. Amen. Search the commentaries. Amen. And find those that will, that will back up each other in what they teach. Don't go off and find somebody that's going to go off on a tangent and disagree with foundational principles and foundational truths. Ooh, don't even look for a church that's going to tell you what you want to hear. Mm. Yeah. 
Yep. So these messages about change behavior speak to the process that we are in. And it's nothing new. This is not anything new. This is not something that came up in 2016. Amen. If you study the scriptures from the beginning of Christianity, from the beginning of time, men have had to change. People have had to change to be like God. Amen. This is something for all Christians from the beginning of Christianity, even, even, uh, even up until now. Change is necessary if we're to be like Christ because we're born in sin. We have a sin nature. We have a sin nature. So if we're going to be like Christ, we have to change. Somebody say change. Of course, people don't like to change, but we change. You know, I had an idea, but since we don't have a video screen, I, just, I left it at home. And, and, but, but go back and look at your pictures uh, from the time that you were born up until now. Did you change? <laughs> All of us have changed. And get, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, and God is just awesome. Because, you know, I don't feel like I'm 62 years old. All right, I don't feel like I'm 62. All right, I had to get here. And I don't remember all of the process. But I went through the process. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You know, even though every year I had a birthday, but I don't remember the change that took place, but change took place. Oh, yes, it, it took place. And sometimes when you think back, when you really think about it, you can realize that change took place because I can't run like I used to run. <laughs> some, things, some things I can't do like I used to do. My mind tells me I can, but then when I get in the process, I realize I can't. So, but, but, but change is something we don't like, but it's necessary. It's a part of life. And, and, and to be a Christian, if we're really going to be a Christian, change is a part of the process. You cannot be a Christian and remain the same as you were before you became a Christian. And I will say this. This is not talking about church membership because you can join the church all day long and never change. You can, change, you can join 100 churches and never change. We're talking about being a Christian. We're talking about being a born-again Christian. Why did Jesus tell Nicodemus you had to be born again? Jesus said to Nicodemus, that which is born of flesh is flesh. So you have a fleshly nature. You've been born in a world, and you came into this world in a, in a body, in a fleshly body, with a nature that is, that is, that is according to the world and, and worldly standards, and, and that is governed by the flesh. But if you're going to be a part of my kingdom, Jesus says to Nicodemus, there has to be a new birth. Without this new birth, there is no revelation, there is no insight, there is no knowledge, there is no understanding of the kingdom of God. Amen. Except the man is born again, he cannot see. He cannot get a revelation. He cannot get insight on the kingdom of God. If you've not been born again, you ought to want to be born again. You should not want to just come to church and not have been born again. 
Because there's a price to be paid if you're not born again. And you might live to be 100 years old, but there's a price to be paid if you're not born again. So if you've never been born again, you ought to want to be born again. And I believe the Lord wants you born again. Thank you. Some of y'all was like, does he really want me born again? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, 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 you know, this is, this is, this is something that's not new to being a Christian. And, and, and Peter says it here in this text. He said, but grow in grace. I know he says a whole lot b- before this as he challenges the believers as they prepare for the day of the Lord, the fact that Jesus is coming back again. And at the end of the chapter, he challenges believers to grow in grace and knowledge. Because you see, you just don't need grace because a lot of us want grace. You know, but you need, you need knowledge. You need to know what the Lord wants, you know, because, because there's a day that, that grace will come to an end. So while we're in this life, yes, God has given us grace so that, so that, so that we can come to the place that we, ought to, that we ought to come to in him. And no, he doesn't cut us off. You know, I guess if we saw more people die when they sin, maybe we'd do better. But the Lord doesn't work like that. He grants us grace. He grants us grace. But there's a time that grace will end. There's a time when you won't be able to get grace anymore. So if you get knowledge along with grace, that knowledge should help you be like the Lord. So that you're not receiving the grace of God in vain. Are you following me? Amen. So, 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 so as we talk about changing bad behavior, it's necessary to become like the Lord. Now think about this. Is this only dealing with flesh? Is this only dealing with addiction such as lying and cheating and stealing and adultery and fornication? I would say no. Because the Lord is concerned about the whole man. This can deal with so many things that are not like Christ in us. Change of perspective on the way we see life and the way we see living. You know, change a perspective, change in lifestyles that tend to, to, to laziness and low productivity. Change, change in thought patterns. Change, change uh, from doubting. And, uh, and overcoming fear, change in the way we see people and demonstrate love to those outside of our small worlds. Change, change in our worldviews. This, this speaks to so many different things. Because, you know, if, now this is, this, is no, this is no disrespect to any town, but since we're in York, I'm going to use York. If you only live in York, and you never visit New York. You don't have a perspective of everything you can learn from going outside of your environment. Change. Some people's worlds are so small that they don't realize that there's a bigger world out there. So consequently, if you only live in the United States, 
and you never get a chance to go outside of the United States, you don't realize people live different and do different. You don't. You, 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 don't, you know, most people, um, Jerry is sitting here. Some of y'all know Jerry. He's from Liberia. So some of y'all think that, you know, well, y'all don't think this. Some people think that all Africans live in huts. They wear bare feet. I mean, they, they walk barefoot. You know, everybody's poor. You know, they're struggling. But Jerry just came back from Ivory Coast, and he showed me some pictures. You would think that you were in Palm Springs, California. But if you never travel, never, if you just stay in your small little world, and sometimes, you know, I've shared this with you before, and this is what I used to do when I was a child. When my parents gave me uh, allowances, because I wanted to be a farmer now, along with buying my little animals, I also bought books. And I read. Because you can go places in your mind. You can change your perspective just by reading about other things and other places. And it changes your world view. And you realize that, that the world is bigger than Rock Hill, South Carolina. Blair, South Carolina. Ridgeland, South Carolina. Bullock's Creek. The world is bigger. Change. Change. So if you don't ever read the Bible, then you never get God's perspective on life and living. And so you think that, well, this, this is what I grew up experiencing, and so this is the way I should live. I saw these people living that way. So this is the way. because you never read the Bible. Are y'all still here? Yeah. Is this making any sense? Yeah. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so this is this is why it's important, you know, that that we begin to 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 get into the Word of God, so we begin to see God's perspective and develop God's perspective. And God is concerned more than about the, yes, he's concerned that you live holy, but he's also concerned that you live an abundant life, that you live a full life, that you live a complete life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So if you're suffering, if you're struggling, you've got to know that the Lord wants more out of your life. Jesus didn't see things the way a lot of the Jews saw it. He didn't. When you look at Jesus' words and his teachings, you see that Jesus had a different perspective. In Matthew chapter 5, and you read down through there, there are places where Jesus says, you have heard it said, but I say. Go back and read Matthew chapter 5. He had a different perspective. And that's why the scribes and Pharisees didn't like him. Because he challenged the status quo. Amen? Amen. He changed things because he saw things, um, he saw things from a different perspective. When your dimension changes, you see things from a different perspective. And God is trying to get us to the place where our dimension changes so that we see things from his perspective. So how does this work? Well, along with, and we, I don't know if all of this has been covered or not, but, you know, all right, 
Write it down. So along with discovering your purpose in life, and we talked about that, along with believing that you can change with God's help, along with studying the Bible about your habits, and I mentioned that in the, in the last message that I preached, that if you've got an issue, then you need to begin to search the scripture about that issue. I know you need to study everything in the Bible, but if there's something that the devil is beating you up on, and there's something that, is, that the Holy Spirit is convicting you about, go to the Word of God and get the Word of God about that issue. See what God has to say. Don't listen to what people tell you unless they're telling you the truth, but even after they tell you, go back and study for yourself. All right? Go back and study. Then repent of your sin and then develop an action plan. How am I going to change? You got to have a plan. What are you going to do? All right? Don't wait for the preacher to tell you everything. Amen? All right. You got to pray regularly, and you got to seek help from other Christians. But this is what I want to pick up at today on what we must do. We must diligently practice what's right. Diligently practice what's right. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 says, Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Okay? Abundant, steadfast work is needed. If you're going to change, all right, if you're going to become what God wants you to become, then you got to work at it. It's not going to happen because you sit down and cross your legs and pray. It's not going to happen because you sing spiritual songs and wave your hands. Joshua, you got a scripture I want you to read. I want you to stand up and, and, and prepare to read. Uh, James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the Slow word. Slow down. Anyone who listens Start to over. The, <laughs> That's okay. Just not, read it a little bit slower and a little bit louder. Do not merely listen to the words. Do not so merely dece- listen to the words. Okay, come on. I'm, and I'm, so deceive yourselves. And, oh, so if you just listen to the words, you're going to deceive yourself. Go on. Do what it says. Do Any, what? Do what it says. Do what? Do what it says. Oh. Anyone who listens to the word but does not... Do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Mm. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Wow. I think that speaks for itself. I think you need to go back and read it again and again and again and again. And let, it, let the word of God settle in your spirit because, you know, if, if, if you're going to change and become like the Lord, then you have, to, you have to diligently, diligently means that you put some effort to it, some consistent effort to doing what's right. Don't just listen to the word, but do what it says. Do what it says. Everybody know how a habit is formed. A habit is formed when you do something over and over and over and over again. The problem is that a lot of habits become second nature to us. 
We do it so long that we, bad habits. If we're doing bad things, we do them so long that we do them without thinking. So we can do it and it doesn't even phase us because we think that's the way we are. You know, you can gossip. You can get in the habit of gossiping and you just do it. You don't think about it. You know, it just becomes second nature and then you begin to long for it. You want to hear about people's stuff. You know, and you watch television shows about gossip. That's why people like, well, well, part of that, the, the, that Jerry Springer stuff is, is, got, is foolishness and knowing people's business and stuff. And so people, begin, they begin to love that. And they get on the telephone and they get on Facebook and they want to know what's going on. And, you know, it, it becomes a habit and you don't see anything wrong with it. But, but we need to develop the habit of doing right. So that, so that right becomes second nature to us. So that, so that loving God becomes second nature to us. So that living right becomes second nature to us. We don't think about doing wrong. We don't long to do wrong. We don't long to do what displeases God because we develop the habit of doing what pleases God. Ooh. And it's not easy work. I went into the youth Sunday school class this morning and I looked at Joshua's face and I said, man, you look tired. Because they had a band competition yesterday and they worked from what time? I mean, eight until, oh, eight until 11.15. And it was hot. But then we began to talk about being good at playing in the band. It takes hard work. Being good at being a football player takes hard work. Being good at doing anything takes hard work. The opposite is being good at sin doesn't take a whole lot of hard work. Isn't that something?